Happy early signing period eve and happy roster management season continued for those who celebrate that. Happy today. Happy Tuesday from the podcast oh, daily. Happy, I, I'm just going to be happy today. You're happy today? Yeah. That's just your mindset or yeah. just a, a greeting? No, both. Both. All right. That's Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. And I want to play a game, Berm. Okay. Like Saw? Like Saw 10? No, not like that. Of the movies that have 10 films in, in the series. Furious. Okay. Never mind. Thank you. We oh, sure finish your question. No, that was it. I was. Just, yeah. I, I can't think of any made other. Made it to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, aren't there like ten? Friday Freddy the, and Jason. Fr- Friday the Thirteenth. Whatever those are. Yeah. You'd figure they would have just stopped at thirteen of those. It would have been a nice round number and way to to wrap it up. Anyway, here's the game that I actually want to play. So, as we almost talked about a little bit more on Monday, with all the the portal window being open, with NFL draft decisions being made, with the early signing period starting tomorrow, Wednesday. Which of these things do you think would be the most important? I'm going to pick them at random. Retaining Jeremiah Smith. Getting JT Tuimoloau or Travion Henderson to commit to the 2024 season with Ohio State. Or dipping into the portal and landing someone like Caleb Ilarmzor. Um, Can I just stack them? Stack them. Uh, veteran returners like Travion Henderson and JT Tuomalawa would be first mm-hmm. uh, in my mind because they are experienced players at Ohio State. They understand the Ohio State culture. They have reasons to come to Ohio State or back to Ohio State and win and play for something that matters. Uh, you know that all the things that they want to correct, all of the ships that need righted, all you know that stuff. Plus, you're getting back guys in a world where, generally speaking, Ohio State never does, and it would be sort of a boost to the program's um, idea or concept that like the brotherhood above all. Right. Um, so that'd be number one. Um, Jeremiah Smith would be number two because he's generational and that word gets thrown around a lot in recruiting, but uh, I don't say it often. And I think it's true <laughs> with it packs a punch when you say it, but Jeremiah Smith, he is, he is that type of different. And you are talking about a likely day one starter at Ohio State as a wide receiver, despite everything else that they have in that room. Or at least the guy who's going to push for that sort of rep um, early in his career. Uh, and then adding Caleb Elims or a linebacker from Cal who visited over the weekend, or Kamari Ramsey, the safety from UCLA who visited over the weekend. I think both those two are like going to enter decision mode probably in the next handful of days. Um, but, and, and I'll go back to point one, is that if you know you're getting back Lace Ransom, for example, like the the need for a safety like Kamari Ramsey maybe shrinks a little, not entirely, because you still need to replace Josh Proctor. You still would like maybe to have the flexibility to move Sonny Styles to linebacker, where I think his future is going to be, and that could help expedite that process. But bottom line, like you don't need those guys, but they sure are would be helpful for for veteran depth and and a sign that Ohio State is aware, like. There's holes to fill. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's a the only reason that I bring it up in that in that way, and maybe picking JT and Travion is unfair because they are near the top of the draft, and clearly JT is so important to the defense, and Travion is integral, and we know how explosive and dangerous and incredibly valuable he is at running back. Maybe I should have included you know some guys three or four maybe rungs below that, but I, I think a lot of the conversation about this month has been is Ohio State going to be more aggressive in the transfer portal is there something wrong with 
the NIL approach, things that we talked about with recruiting and, and maybe missing out on some guys. The top priority still, in my opinion, and I don't, I'm sure that many people agree with this, has to be roster retention for the best players, and not even just the best players, but building that important strength of culture, uh, having NFL players and spending multiple years in the program. If you're going to win a national championship, it has to be done. It just it can't be done purely based off of true freshmen, and it can't be done off of a, a roster full of mercenaries like Colorado or Michigan State has tried to build through the transfer portal. All these pieces do have to wind up fitting together. Yeah. And if you don't retain and build a good signing class and land that on the early signing period and let them get to the point that JT or Travion is now, Ohio State's probably not going to win a national championship with that model. But, well, I know that there are people that feel like, you have to go out and find these people in the portal and like pluck them out. Like they need to. Ohio State's coaching staff must have answers from them immediately. No, they don't. Because if the option is JT Tuimolo against whoever goes into the portal at defensive end in by January first or in May, like that's not going to be a trade Ohio State would make. I do understand, and I brought up. I myself brought this up a couple weeks ago that the program I thought needed to have more urgency for the month of December. When it comes to those people in particular, they should have as much time as they want. Yeah, and I guess that's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's sort of the hang-up that I have is we don't know exactly what those conversations are behind the scenes. So we there's a very real possibility that Ryan Day is already aware of if those guys are coming back, and so uh, while Ohio State hasn't urge them to get out and be public about it. If that's the case, then that's a, I guess I wouldn't understand that because I, I want to build on that momentum. Um, but at the same time, there's nothing official until like January 4th for everyone uh, when it comes to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what, still January 15th or something for the NFL draft deadline, right? So yep. there's still a month of, of this conversation to go. Yeah. And I, Oof, that's I, scary to think about. Yeah, I mean, I guess people, the thing is, there's a lot of moving parts for these kids that have to decide things. And, and I, I would imagine a lot of their decisions vacillate like every other day because it's hard to walk away from what you have here, but it's also hard to look at, even if you're a second round pick, like uh, JT2 Malawal, maybe right now, or, or, you know, Trayvon Henderson, I don't think he's a first round pick right now, number one, because he's a running back. Uh, number two, because of the injury concerns, and there's stuff that he could go out there and prove. But is it? But worth- he still might not make him a first. Round right. Pick. I mean, he's he's likely right now like a fourth round pick. And is that enough to say? I, I'm I you know he he will almost definitively make more money nio wise at Ohio State than he would um, in yeah, in, in the right. NFL as yep. a fourth round pick. And so like there's all these moving parts, but that is how program has to be built and you cannot look at this from a perspective oh Ohio State's not doing anything and that's just not true they are but they have to move at the same pace that these players are willing to make these announcements and so how do you you know you can't force them to speed you can't walk into the office and say JT we need a decision from you today because that'd be dumb (laughs) yeah no they that should not be the approach I think that you and I have talked about this more like in Slack and, and privately and debated about the, the changes. You are more, I don't disagree with this part, the profes- professionalization of college football rosters has arrived. Uh, 
and you have made that point that you think about the bottom 20 part, you know, bottom 20 players on the roster, that that's like not ever going to be retained. And I don't, it's not going to be retained. It's not going to be retained at the level of talented depth you've had. You're going to see rotation in that spot because there's players at Ohio state that are going like Ryan Turner is a prime example of this, right? This kid that Ohio state recruited four-star kid. By the time he got to campus and, and had his first few months on with the team, I think everyone pretty much understood where his ceiling was and, that ceiling was not going to get him on the on the field regularly at Ohio State. Now, he enters the transfer portal, and he's a guy a lot of people want, right? But obviously not that many people want it because he went to Boston College. Right. Not a knock on Jeff Halfley's program, but if he's a kid from South Florida, like you look at that and you circle a bunch of teams, you're like, oh, well, this team you would think, this team you would think. So when, when you identify that early now, like it changes the way you approach building the program in that perspective because – Years ago, it's like, man, we don't want to have this kid leave. Tell him, like, now, like, who cares? Like, it, it, I mean, I don't mean that to be flippant, but like, if he's not good enough to play at Ohio State and you're confident we're five years away from seeing him on the field, then what value is there on the roster? He's hurting himself. He's got a better market somewhere else because other teams are going to pay more for an Ohio State player. Uh, and so you can't, you can't blame the kid for leaving. You can't blame Ohio State for being fine with moving on. Ryan Day made a big hullabaloo. Not him personally, but people made a big deal about what he said a year and a half ago when he said that he needed $13 million to retain the current roster. He didn't say we need $13 million for recruiting. Right. So, like, he understood from the beginning that this was the way Ohio State was going to go. And because there are teams all around the country trying to get a piece of what successful programs have, like, that building up walls around that are a huge priority for what the Buckeyes do. And on the recruiting front, it's totally different. Yeah, and I think that's the the challenging part as we sit here and, and get ready for the early signing period to begin and see what actually transpires. Like when you get to that point and you're comparing, if it becomes more like the NFL, like there are still going to be key differences. And I know that nobody likes hearing it, but you don't just get in college football an opportunity to cut a situation. That just for, just because you brought up Ryan Turner, we'll just use him as the example. He made a decision. Ohio State probably told him how long it was going to take. And they were able to come to a mutual agreement. I think they, everyone probably got what they wanted out of that. In the NFL, you can just straight up cut them. It doesn't matter if they yeah. want to stay or not. But that, we're going to get to that point in college football anyway. You think? They're, they're going to be eventually employees. It's, not, it's no way around it where this is going. Like, if there's going to be any sort of rule in football, and maybe it's what Chip Kelly mentioned this weekend, and football programs just branch off and they're their own thing then that will have a commissioner. There will be rules. Those players will be employees in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but employees but, also have contracts. So yeah, you're right. But contracts that are easily broken. Uh, and if you don't perform up to your task, then, then you don't ma- maintain your job. But if you look at this from the uh, trying to like meld together the pro model and the amateur model, like if you look at the NFL, the, that bottom 30 guys on your roster, those guys that, rotate every year and change different like you still have your draft picks your high draft picks the guys that you come in and we'll use the jeremiah smith and the recruiting angle for that right you still have those guys but the but the the meat of your roster is filled out with well we didn't draft this guy but we're gonna bring him in and see how he fits because that that's where it's gonna go i mean it's not possible for it to go anywhere else once money gets involved in it and drives every decision that is the only way it can go like you can't just have baseball's lack of salary cap and let one team do whatever they want when you're dealing with 18-year-olds. Like, it's not going to 
What if Marvin got a Shohei Otani deal? I mean, I'd I'd pay Marvin for the next 70 years (laughs) if I could. Isn't that what they're doing? uh, I'm a long time. I'm just saying, like, there there is no... Like, people are going to look at the Ohio State recruiting class as it is on, on signs on Wednesday. And as of right now, it's, you know, there's still moving parts. There's things that can go wrong still. I don't expect, like, Coy Perrick, the, the, the safety from Minnesota, like, he's going to end up sticking with Minnesota. I wrote about it on Sunday. Like, that kid had every option in the world, every opportunity to say, this is why I'm leaving Minnesota, and didn't. And so once that happens, you can sort of read between the lines about what a kid's thinking, which is, I'm from Esco, Minnesota. Um, maybe Ohio State is not the stage you want to be on. And then you add in an AL, and yep. like it becomes that much more important for these home, these smaller schools to make sure their hometown talent doesn't leave. So those guys get outsized deals. And when he's a depth piece at Ohio State, he's the superstar at Minnesota. Like these are all things that are now going to be in the air. But until there's some sort of rule in place to say what teams can and can't do, even though oh you're not allowed to induce in recruiting. Okay, like everyone is inducing and recruiting, so some to a much further degree. But until there's a rule, like how does this ever slow down? So I think that <clears throat> that's probably where so much frustration, if you feel any, about Ohio State. I do. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know you do. I'm just out there. Oh, it, you were talking in the royal you. The royal you. Yeah, is that a thing? I don't know. Um, well, how do they keep losing out to these money bags? You know, losing out nil opportunities to to Miami or or Texas A and M or whoever. That can't continue to happen on the recruiting front. I, I, you and I somewhat disagree on this. Like I think it can. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to irreparably damage Ohio State's brand. Is it better to have every recruit that you want? Of course it is. Um, there are still opportunities to get other players and develop them in a way that Ohio State can succeed, or get them on second chance recruitments, or keep the players in the program for a longer period of time. So I wonder how much you think. Ryan Day or Mark Pantone's overall philosophy is working or not working? It seems to be working. I mean, Ohio State's 11-1. and one. They lost one game this year. They lost two games last year. And obviously, that's two more than you ever want to lose at Ohio State. But it's it was clear a year ago that they were a national championship caliber team. It was clear this year that they are a national championship caliber team even with the inconsistencies at quarterback and even with the way that the offense sort of sludged along through the year. They were still, the only loss on the season is on the road at the number one team in the country when you had the ball with a minute to go to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's working fine now, but the question is is that sustainable long term? I think what you're going to see is teams doing what like the old Miss was doing right now, right? Not like 2013 old Miss where they just Paid, paid for a bunch of recruits illegally and, and all that stuff. I'm talking, look at Ole Miss's 2024 schedule and understand they're in the SEC, which is a, is a tough road. In the 12-team playoff, their schedule in the SEC is about as easy as it's going to get. They have a, a an enthusiastic fan base right now. They have a couple boosters that are happy to foot the SEC-style bill. Like, I mean, this is not new in the SEC. So this, yeah. is, this is ultimately the biggest issue I have with NIL is that the groundwork and the like the foundation, the, the foundation of, of how to do this in the illegal way has been laid at these schools for so long that this is an easy decision to just turn the spigot and go, okay, well, now we just do it this way. Right. Um, because they're doing the exact same thing, and now they just have 
a faux LLC on top of it to to cover it up. If you look at what Ole Miss has done in the transfer portal over the last couple of days, they have absolutely gone and got anyone they want. Now, you that's a calculated risk because you're obviously eschewing the 2024 recruiting class in a way. You're putting all of your eggs into the transfer basket for kids like Walter Nolan and uh, and that one isn't official yet. It seems like he's going to trend towards Ole Miss. You just Juice Wells, the wide receiver from South Carolina. Uh, they've done really excellent work. Uh, Tyler Barron from Tennessee. They've, they've done a really, really good job in the portal. But if you go out next year and you still stink and you still lose three games and you don't make the playoff, you just set your program back mm-hmm. pretty significantly. So it's a calculated risk, and I think you're going to see more of these teams doing that. And, again, it feels to me like the NFL where you're going to have a team like Seattle next year is going to go, oh, crap, we got $60 million in cap room. We're going to get the 18th pick. Let's Our schedule, we're going to get a fourth-place schedule. Let's just go at it this year. So, like, I think you're just going to see more and more of that. Ohio State's issue has never been Ryan Day or Mark Pantone not understanding the landscape. It is a, a, a simple matter, in my opinion, and I could be wrong. I, I'm not certainly infallible in, in anything, let alone this space. But the decision that has been continued to be made by Ohio State is to say, we are going to wait until the NCAA fixes this because someone's going to get in trouble and it's not going to be us. And it seems like, it's not like smartest guy in the room approach. It's more like we know this is going to happen eventually, so let's just wait it out and we'll be we'll play the, the moral high ground here. Like, Let's wait for the Congress to pass legislation to, to allow the school to be directly involved. That may not happen when you need the antitrust exemption to be like included. Like that's not likely. No, and not. so if that's not likely, then what have you done? Nothing. Because kick the can down the road. And now you're three years behind. And now you're a new athletic director is going to come in. Is that athletic director going to be more than willing to step up and say, "Hey, big donors, you know what? Can you just give the money to NIL because Gene Smith is not doing that." So if if he asked people to do it, they would. I'm pretty convinced. <laughs> so the question is, why not do that? Because there's nothing to lose at this point by not doing that. Yeah. Not, I, I and again, they're, they're retaining the current roster. They're still recruiting at a high level. Like, you have conversations about maybe, you know, losing a guy here or there that you wouldn't want to lose. But in general, it's working. But how long can it work when there's no guardrail? I, I just, outside of Georgia, which is funded at a level that everyone would aspire to, like, so this is, I'm going to undermine my own argument before I even make it. Like Georgia's the best, Always the best way to do it. And they're winning national championships. Yeah. So like, I, I can't even really like follow that up. Because they're also retaining their roster. And, and so like Georgia and Ohio State are doing that at the same level. Like They're both the best at it. And Ohio State is actually ahead of them in that regard for the previous couple of years until the, the bill came due. They're both doing that. So I guess I would have to say that you are probably right from the prism of is Ohio State going to become Georgia's roster to win a national championship and make sure that you have every five-star you want without some of that NIL support, I would say you win that argument because Georgia's doing that at a different level than Ohio State. That's why I think the other parts, whether they catch up with maybe more success in the transfer portal than Georgia by keeping five-stars on their roster for three or four years, I, I think Ohio State has found a way around not paying up front. But if you constantly lose two or three 
which I think is maybe the way I've looked at it the previous couple of years. Is this that big of a deal that you don't pay $2 million for one defensive end in, in a previous cycle? No. You not. do it four years in a row, though, and that's a problem. And then it becomes a problem. So I think, I guess, I didn't think when I started this that I would have to say that you win, but I do have to. It's also, but that's, that's only no. if you're talking purely, if that is the only measure of success is winning a national championship well, or beating Jordan. I mean, it is at this point, and that, that's real, whether that's fair or not, yeah. that is what the expectation is. And the issue that I have with the way Ohio State's handling it and the way that Gene Smith specifically seems to be reluctant to open that door for, for boosters. And I know why he does He doesn't want to do that and then be the guy in front of Congress saying, we need to not do this sure. because then he looks like a hypocrite. So I, I can understand and respect like the, the moral stance to say, hey, we refuse to do this. This is not how this should go. We know it's unsustainable. We know it's untenable for the long-term future of college football. So we are not going to do that. And if it hurts us in the short term, so be it. We are, we're going to stand tall. Cool. Mm-hmm. But you're already significantly behind the curve when it comes to demographics in recruiting. Okay, like the period, point blank period it is not you're not recruiting in Georgia. You don't have Florida and Georgia and Missouri or Mississippi and Alabama and all these talent rich states right here. Okay, so you have Ohio, you have Michigan, which has been okay recruiting wise. Pennsylvania has dipped. Ohio has dipped. Indiana has dipped. Like the Midwest is losing demographics. So you are already in a hole because of that. Then you have this other hole on top of it. Then you add the hole of the fact that the Big Ten has been mercilessly like beaten up in the national media because all, only Ohio State's won a national championship from this part of the country in the last 20 years. You have all of the the alumni and like talent, the athletic trainers and stuff in the South saying, don't go to the Big Ten. You need to go in the SEC. So you have all these other things that are already stacked against you to purposefully stand on a high ground that seems... Again, and I, I'm not even debating that it's a, a proper thing to do. Like, I get it. But to do that, to, knowing you're doing it to your own detriment, in a, in a world where there seems to be absolutely zero interest by the NCAA in creating or enforcing rules, it just seems like you're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. And, like, eventually, like, the people that love you are going to be, man, I, I know you lost your nose, but I still love you for the person you are, right? Eventually, that person's going to be like, you know what? You look pretty damn stupid without your nose. Yeah, you should fix that. You nose. should fix your nose. And then you go, well, I don't. Ha- How are you going to do that? Well, just everyone else has a nose. <laughs> no. Other, I mean, and it, I wish it was just that easy too. That like Gene Smith could say, divert these funds. And and as you said, I think we, it is that easy uh, because you still have nil to- is like, and this is where I get. I'm, I know I'm ranting again, and I wasn't wanting to do that. This is a happy Tuesday. Um, like watching the collectives, you know, spar online, that type of stuff is embarrassing for Ohio state and should not be happening. Um, they should all be working together, but the reality is the, the money that fans are donating, which people should donate. So let me be clear. Like if you want any sort of ability to complain about Ohio state recruiting, give money. And I know that sounds crappy to say, but like, but even so those donations are peanuts. That's not where. That's but, not where things are, are – that's not where the dial is being moved. That was my point. Like, businesses still do not feel there is a return on investment for high school recruits, and I completely understand why. 
that's why you should put it into a big pot and not and let the school and let the school decide I, what not, to do with it and not feel like you're personally investing. I know, recruit. but that is where like that is what Ohio State wants to happen. That is what Gene Smith wants to happen when he's working with Charlie Baker in the NCAA to get that. Uh, you know, which I don't think this proposal is going to go anywhere. I, I don't think that because of the antitrust part, like I don't think it's what they want to happen is going to happen. That is the solution that Ohio State was actively working for because they're willing to spend that money. I think there's more friction between the businesses and dis- miscommunication between them and, and allocating the money that they don't want. If the option is $2 million for Marvin Harrison or Brutus or Jeremiah Smith, the businesses are going to pick these two. They're just not going to pick an 18-year-old. And we can as people watching and thinking about the future of a roster for Ohio State and, and his potential impact, we can understand why that might be worth it for Jeremiah Smith, but it wouldn't be for these businesses. And so until that part changes, like I don't... Yeah, I agree. That The problem, though, is that what businesses are not realizing is that the value of Brutus is directly tied to Jeremiah Smith. So the if, if you don't have a regular influx of Jeremiah Smith's, Brutus's value goes down. And so, uh, ultimately... He's pretty good. Yeah, what you have to do here is find... If, if you are an Ohio State fan and you happen to know other Ohio State fans who are, let's say, like billionaires, uh-huh. right? Yeah. That maybe didn't even go to Ohio State, but they're a guy who grew up in Ohio and just somehow became a billionaire. Uh-huh. That guy is who needs to be giving money. Okay. Right? That, that guy needs to be like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to... Here's a funny thing. Billionaires can find anyone's phone number, Right? I think they have a billionaire phone book. Wow. And it's got There's everyone. so much I don't know. It's got everyone's number. That billionaire, maybe someone who isn't directly donating to Ohio State, who doesn't who doesn't already have Ohio State's tentacles in his pockets. Okay. That guy has to pick up the phone and call Ryan Day and say, Hey Ryan, uh I got I got this million dollars just burning a hole in my pocket. Is there any player you want? Like that's how it's working elsewhere. So it needs Someone in Ohio needs to step up, and I don't know why people don't, and I think it's because there's been decades of being told, stay away from our program, stay away from our program, which was always the right thing to do and is still technically the right thing to do, <laughs> but it's the wrong way to to win in NIO and recruiting because that's what wins, and it sucks. It sucks that it's this way. <laughs> it sucks that the NCAA, who knew for decades they were going to have to pay players eventually let it happen overnight without a single plan and that's what that's what's occurred and then people are confused that it's confusing can people are annoyed that there's no plan of course there's no plan there never was a plan i'm sorry i stopped you from being happy tuesday i, I just because there is an answer the answer is gene smith or who's ever in charge at ohio state the next athletic director the next president needs to step up and say, hey, uh, we need money. We need money for this. They already get more money. That's the issue. Like, yeah, but I, I don't. we need money for this. I that's understand. that's, that's, I that's where it has to go. But I, I, I want that to be clear. Like, Ohio State is still generating revenue and donations at a level that every program in the country would aspire to. For now. All these things are, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think Alabama... Alabama is now one of the richest programs in the country and, and schools in the country and has enrollment through the roof and all the things because they started winning football games. It, it, and, and I think 
because Ohio State has ne- it's re- been recession proof through everything that's happened in college football, through everything that's happened at Ohio State, all of the different scandals over the years. Ohio State's been recession proof. But that's it. And I think that it provides this weird arrogance that people think it can't fall. And like it can. It's not right now, but it can if well, if things don't that would lead to an influx in donations to get it fixed. So maybe you're advocating for the wrong thing, Berm. It's not gonna that influx of donations to get it fixed only happens if the people in charge say, Don't donate to the library. Well, you know that that's not going to happen, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying the athletic department is still getting a huge amount of donations because the because what's important. But they can't do anything with it. That's my point. Yeah, that's why it's stupid. It's not asking for more money. It's like Ohio State needs more control over it, right? But they can't get it. I know. All right. So uh, unless they can, uh, <laughs> like I already uh, said, you were right once. I'm not going to do it again. Get it. So uh, until you can get it, and you know what I've learned in this life, and and covering Ohio State and rooting for Ohio State my whole life growing up, the best way for Ohio State to inform change is by dominating, because when the Buckeyes are doing things well, everyone else gets pissed off and tries to put uh, reins and controls on them. So do that. Be is the it team. Georgia. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so go ahead and say, you know what? The rules are stupid. Once Ohio State starts breaking the rules and and succeeding because of it, everyone will cry about it, and then they will fix it. But then Ohio State will get the death penalty. Who cares? There's no rules anymore. (laughs) There's no death penalty. And, you know, why why aren't they, like, petitioning to get 2010's wins back at this point? I I know that's a a, a relevant point, but now I'm just off on a tangent. I know. Why are they not going, you know what, uh, we... Lost an entire season of wins in a in a BCS bowl game because what? And now we're allowed to do this. Like someone start a petition out there, please, to get those wins back. Stupid NCAA. Listen up, America. Berm's giving you a homework assignment anyway for the rest of your Tuesday. I'll stop which, talking. Which is gonna be happier, I thought. But then we I love got off the rails again. I love college football. I am so just like annoyed that we've, we've allowed this to happen because people think people believe and rightfully so kids deserve to be paid for their name image and likeness but like that's not what we're doing so let's stop pretending tomorrow is the start of the early signing will we be in a better mood we will have day? like superlatives for wednesday we'll have like a full class preview for wednesday on the daily we'll do all that stuff i promise but this is just so maddening it's been a week folks but the holiday season is fast approaching, so is the Cotton Bowl, so is the early signing period, and roster management is in full swing. We're trying to wrap our heads around all of it, and thanks for bearing with us on the Podcast Daily for Tuesday. He's Berm. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.